The story that I'm about to tell you at this youth mass has an important message, certainly for the young, but it also has an important message for you if you are not so young. It even has an important message for you if you are not a Red Sox fan. And I suppose we have fewer and fewer of those in recent days, given how they're playing against the Yankees. It was my night off. It also happened to be the hottest night of the year so far. Not the ideal time to be at Fenway Park in Boston. But since I had only seen one other Red Sox game since the early 1990s, I couldn't let the opportunity go by. So I happily accepted the invitation from Mike Rogers Sr. and his son Fran, and I went with them to see the Red Sox play the Cleveland Indians. I should also at this time give a public word of thanks to Mike Rogers Jr., the Jesuit scholastic who is here visiting his family. He's going to be an extraordinary minister at this Mass. He is a commissioned acolyte in the church right now. It's really Michael's ticket that I had. If he had been home at the time, he would have gone to the game, but happily he was doing the Lord's work <laughs> down in Washington, D.C., so I had to take the ticket. Oh, well. We sat in a great spot in the ballpark, almost directly behind home plate. But there was one negative. We happened to be sitting two rows up from an aisle. So people were constantly walking into our line of view. A few men and women actually went by several times during the game, and I wondered why they were there. Were they there to watch what was going on on the field, or were they there to buy popcorn and souvenirs? As some of you may remember, John Lester pitched that night for the Red Sox, and he gave up three runs in the very first inning which was not good unless you happen to be watching the game and you're a Yankee fan, then you thought it was wonderful. But then the home team came back and scored four unanswered runs and the Red Sox took the lead four to three. That held up until the eighth inning when Mike Timlin came in to pitch, gave up a double and a very quick home run. All of a sudden it was 5-4 in favor of the Indians and I was beginning to think that I would have done better to stay home in my nice air-conditioned room. At least I would have been cool in the midst of my pain. Well, the Sox couldn't do anything in the bottom of the eighth, and the Indians did nothing in the top of the ninth. Cleveland then sent in its reliever, Fausto Carmona, to close the deal in the bottom of the ninth. And it appeared that he would do just that after striking out the very first batter he faced. Then it all began. Immediately after that first out, droves of people stood up and began to leave. Now, normally that wouldn't have bothered me too much, but as I told you earlier, we were sitting right behind an aisle, which meant that there was now a wall of people in front of us, such that we could barely see the field and what was going on. At that point, I leaned over to Mike Rogers and I said, Mike, they can't stay for the end of Mass, and they can't even stay for the end 
of a close Red Sox game. <laughs> Unbelievable. And it's not as if the Sox had never come back from that kind of deficit before. In fact, just two nights earlier, as some of you will recall, David Ortiz had hit a walk-off home run for a come-from-behind victory in the last inning. But they left anyway. The next batter comes up at that point, and he strikes out. And, of course, more people leave. Then Doug Mirabelli comes up to the plate, batting less than 200 at the time, and Carmona gets two strikes on him. Needless to say, it does not look good. But then, amazingly, Carmona loses control and hits Mirabelli with a pitch. He goes to first base, Gabe Kapler goes in to pinch run for him. Thankfully, after that happened, after Mirabelli got on base with the tying run, those of us who were still in the ballpark rose to our feet. Everybody stood up, so you didn't have to worry about blocking somebody's view behind you. That meant that Mike and Fran and I could now see over all those people who were walking out. They were no longer an issue for us, happily. Well, up comes Alex Gonzalez. He also gets hit by a pitch. The crowd begins to go crazy because there are two men now on base. Kevin Euclid comes up to bat and he walks. The cheers get even louder because the bases are loaded. Finally, second baseman Mark Loretta comes to the plate and he crushes Carmona's second pitch off the green monster in left field. Kapler and Gonzalez score easily. The game is over. Red Sox win 6-5. The crowd that's left goes berserk, crazy. We are high-fiving each other. I high-fived Mike and Fran and a lot of people I don't even know. <laughs> you do that in those situations. But then I turned to Mike Rogers and I said to him, Mike, isn't it too bad about all those people who just had to leave early? I feel so bad for them. Not. <laughs> you can miss an awful lot when you leave a special event early. I know what some of you are thinking, Father Ray, I know where you're going with this. You're going to start to talk to us now about all those rude parishioners who leave Mass early every Sunday. Wrong. Quite frankly, in my old age, I have decided that most of those people are hopeless, <laughs> are almost hopeless. Even if Jesus Christ himself appeared in a heavenly vision and told them to stay put until Mass is over, they'd still walk out. My focus here this morning is on the rest of you who are trying to take your faith seriously. Those of you who are making a sincere effort to live your Catholicism and grow closer to the Lord. Those of you who want to, as today's first reading says, forsake foolishness and advance in the way of understanding. You can miss an awful lot when you leave a special event early. That, of course, does apply to the Mass. And yes, this truth does apply to all those who walk out right after communion or sometime before the liturgy is over. But this truth also applies to the rest of us who stay. It even applies to me 
as the priest, as the celebrant. You see, there are two ways to leave a Mass before it's over, physically and spiritually. And that second way of leaving is a real temptation for all of us every time we come here, even if our bodies stay in the pews or, as the case might be, in the sanctuary from beginning to end. We leave Mass early in this spiritual sense whenever we cease to participate actively in the liturgy, which means that it's possible to leave a Mass just as soon as it begins, or even before it begins. And some do. Their minds and their hearts are a million miles away. People like this will often tell you that they don't get anything out of Mass, or that they find it boring. Whenever someone used that excuse in his presence, Bishop Fulton Sheen of Happy Memory would normally respond by saying, of course you don't get anything out of the Mass. You don't get anything out of it because you don't put anything into it which is simply another way of describing what it means to leave early. To leave early means to put nothing in to the Mass. Let me share with you now some of the things you miss out on whenever you make the choice to depart from a Mass before you should. This, by the way, is not an exhaustive list, but here are some of the more important things you miss. If you leave and zone out spiritually, before the opening song, or before any song for that matter, you miss the opportunity to have your spirit lifted. When you sing, Augustine says you pray twice, that's one bonus, but your spirit is lifted so often. Richie played that song so well at the beginning of Mass, Salvation Belongs to Our God. If you sang that with gusto, with exuberance, with enthusiasm, with faith, you probably felt your spirit lift up. And please don't tell me that you can't sing because you have a bad voice. As the old saying goes, if God gave you a bad voice, sing and give it back to him. <laughs> so there's no excuse. If you leave and zone out spiritually before the penitential rite, the Lord have mercies, etc., you miss the chance to have some of your venial sins forgiven. Did you know that? Mortal sins cannot be forgiven at that time. You need the confessional for that. But some venial sins can be, depending on our disposition of heart, depending on whether or not we are truly repentant. If you leave before the opening prayer of the Mass, you miss out on having some of your personal prayers answered by the Lord. After the priest says, let us pray, just prior to the opening prayer, you will notice that he pauses for a few seconds, or at least he should pause. That is not because he's lost his place in the book. That's to give you an opportunity, and I will often lead people into that, by saying, 
Let us pray, calling to mind now the personal intentions we've brought to this Mass. That's what we're supposed to do, to think about the things we want to pray for during the course of this liturgy. The problems in our lives, the difficulties, the burdens, the decisions we have to make. We're to think about those things, and then the priest lifts those up to the Lord in the opening prayer itself. If you leave Mass before the scripture readings and the homily, you miss the opportunity to have a problem solved, among other things. God's Word is full, full of insights for our lives. But we have to have our ears open. We have to listen intently to the Word in order to receive those insights. If you leave early, by not actively saying the creed and the other prayers of the liturgy, you miss the opportunity to be an example of faith to others, to the people around you. You miss the chance to inspire the people around you. I don't know about you, but when people around me are praying out loud, and when they are praying with great enthusiasm, that inspires me. It inspires me to want to follow that example and do the same thing. If you leave Mass immediately after the Our Father, you miss the chance to be delivered from something that's negatively affecting your life at the present time. It might be anger, or fear, or depression, or some other condition. That's because the prayer immediately after the Our Father is a prayer of deliverance. Deliver us, O Lord. We need to enter into that prayer, and we should expect to be delivered. If you leave Mass before communion, you miss the chance to commune with the Lord, the Lord of the universe, the Lord who created you, the Lord who died for you. You miss the chance to have his life, his very presence, grow stronger within you. As Jesus said in today's Gospel, Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. And if you leave immediately after communion, you miss the opportunity to receive many blessings, graces, and gifts from the Lord, including perhaps a healing or two. Someone told me a story the other day about a woman who received a physical healing, medically documented, at a Mass, right after she received the Holy Eucharist. I'm not surprised. In today's second reading, St. Paul tells us to be wise and not foolish, and to make the most of every opportunity. Each and every time we come to Mass, we have countless opportunities to experience the Lord and His many gifts and blessings. May we always take advantage of them by never, ever, ever making the choice, the decision, to leave early.